Today's scripture comes from Luke chapter 6, verses 27 to 36. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also, and from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good, and lend expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in prayer. You are indeed a merciful God, more merciful than we can ever fathom. And because of your mercy, we can have life. We have forgiveness. We have hope. God, remind us again, especially in the midst of a pandemic, that your good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, how you've penetrated and came into darkness to redeem us, can continue to move us, continue to bring hope, continue to remind us and reframe how we think so that in the midst of panic that your word clarifies and continues to guide us that our faith is beyond this world it is you help us to be a blessing lord god as we're reminded of these truths in jesus name we pray amen so i want to jump right into it and we're at luke chapter 6 and verse 31 it says this Jesus says, and as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. Would you join me at home and say this together with me? It feels weird and corny, but let's connect in the word of God. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. 300 years ago, somebody coined this phrase that you and I call, and they called it the golden rule. That wasn't in the Bible, the phrase it was somebody 300 years ago that coined it, and now we have come to know it as the golden rule. The Gospel of Matthew, which is the first book of the New Testament, has the same scripture, and Matthew adds this phrase, for this is the law and the prophets. Well, what does he mean by that? What he's saying is the golden rule is the outward expression of the greatest commandment. And you may know the greatest commandment that Jesus gave. He summarizes the, all the commandments into this great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So what Jesus is saying, according to Matthew, is the golden rule, do to others as you would have them do to you, is the outward expression of the greatest commandment. 
Some of you have asked, how do I love God with all my heart, with all my strength? How do I love my neighbor as myself? Here it is. Think about them and do to them as you would have them do to you. So this command is interesting because it is both very easy to do, and at the same time, it's very difficult. Let me explain. It's very easy to do because, for example, let's say you're riding down Highway 405 in California, winter night, it's 50 degrees, and your whole family's sleeping in the car. They're all knocked out, they're drooling in the back, your wife is just passed out. You're driving and you're like, boy, I could use some fresh air. And you want to open that window. And here's what I know you won't do. You are not going to lower all the windows and go, ah, oh, that feels so good. Because you're thinking about them and you know how rudely, rude it would be to wake them up with a blast of 65 mile per hour wind blowing through their faces in the winter. You're thinking about them. And so though you want that fresh air, you don't do it. Or maybe more specifically, you're at Target and you see an old lady who reminds you of uh, your mother. And you see her as she's walking away, she drops an envelope and it's full of cash. And you're thinking, my goodness, if that happened to my mom, what would I want? I would want somebody to take that envelope and say, excuse me, ma'am, you dropped this. And so when we think about this rule, it's easy to do because you already do it. All of you do this. You don't need to know the Bible. You don't even need to be a Christian. Those of you who may be like, I hate God, religion, or I don't like any of that stuff, you follow the golden rule. It's built into us if you have an ounce of sympathy. And so it's easy to do this because it's being good citizens, humane, or being kind. But at the same time, it's incredibly difficult because Jesus puts his command right smack in the middle of a teaching. It's like the beef patty of an In-N-Out hamburger, and it's surrounded by two layers of, meat, of bread. What are those two pieces of bread? Look what Jesus says. He starts this section by saying, verse 27, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. And then at the bottom of that hamburger bread, verse 35, but love your enemies and do good. Twice. He's sandwiching this command, do to you others as you would have them do to you, not just as a moral living and best practice, but this is how I want you to treat all people, including your enemies. Right now, Republicans, Democrats, people who have preferences for races and people who despise their neighbors or all the people, you're being challenged by Christ to say, this is the new way in my kingdom. And so Jesus gives us a challenge that doing good to people you like, people who are good to you, people who would bless you with money and friendship, it's easy. But doing good to others as you would have them do to you, to enemies, boy, he's raising the bar. Um, verse 33, Jesus adds this, and if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? In Greek, he's actually saying, um, if you do good only to those who are good to you, there is no grace. There is no charis. That's what the actual wording is. That's not grace. That's a, a contract. If I'm best friends with somebody and they give me free Nabisco cookies or they give me $100 or free video games every time I hang out with them and I'm kind to them, is that kindness grace? 
No, it's this mutual benefit and there's no grace needed. But what Jesus is saying is, what if you were doing this to people you can't stand? What if you were doing this to people who you completely disagree with, theologically, politically, philosophically? What about people who may never return kindness to you? Would you do to them as you would have them do to you? Your enemies. Again, uh, Jesus is saying, as you wish to do to others, as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them, the golden rule. So Jesus concludes this whole section in verse 35 with this. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. That, that part is kind of important to teach our kids, right? When you give something to them, give to them freely. Don't expect anything back. Don't say, hey, I'm going to remember this. Give to them. That's good. And your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. So let's unpack this as Jesus is closing this out. What he's saying is there's a reward when you do this. What is that reward? It is not going to heaven. You can't go to heaven by doing good. Just on the side, the reason why that doesn't work is you can't undo all the bad you've done. You could add on all the good work, but you can't undo sin. We're born with sin. We do sin. So all the good work in the world can't erase sin. So doing good, Jesus is not saying you will go to heaven. That's your reward. Like all the cartoons, Tom and Jerry, and movies that we see, good people go to heaven. Jesus is not saying that. So what is this reward? What does it mean that we will be the children of God, the Most High? Well, Jesus drives it home in the following verse. Please read with me. Ready? I'm listening. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. So he wraps it all up by saying, so here it is. Be merciful because your Father, God, is merciful, has been merciful. So the basis of showing grace and mercy to even our enemies, the basis for loving others as you would love you would like to be done to you and doing to them is rooted in in christ's mind and his teaching in the way that god has shown his love to his enemies you and i uh, maybe some of you took offense but it's when jesus says he is kind to the ungrateful and evil he's referring to you and me the way jesus sees sinful people is we're ungrateful we are evil and evil, not in the sense we go around killing people, but our hearts betray God. We want to turn away from God. We want our own morality. We want to be rulers of our own lives. And we get ourselves in trouble, but God needs to show mercy to save us. And so Jesus is saying, do to others as you would have them do to you. And the power of it comes from the good news of Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ showed us this grace and mercy, when he died on the cross, he lived a life he, we should have lived, he died the death we should have died. And in Christ, he gives us righteousness, forgiveness, mercy, and grace. This is what Christianity is. We are just poor beggars who have received something we don't deserve. Jesus has done the ultimate golden rule. So, why am I bringing all this up? 
how does this inform our minds, the church? I'm talking to the church. So those of you who are maybe like checking out Christianity, you're off the hook on this, but I want you to pay attention to the good news. But for the church, how does this inform us in a time of pandemic where people are yelling at each other on Facebook, shouting, open up the church, open up this, and, and you're not wearing a mask or I'm wearing a mask. And there's, just, there's a constant battle. And it's almost embarrassing that Christians are so vitriolic to each other. How does this inform our way of looking at this world? I want to share this. First, if the golden rule is rooted in the gospel, we're reminded that the he, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the we, the community, are more important than the me. Simply put, this life is not about you. You're valuable. You're loved. God loves you with an everlasting love. God loves us so much to send his son, but we are not most important in our own world either. There's a difference. We are intrinsically valuable to God. We are not most important in this universe. And so the golden rule teaches us that. So I want to give you an evidence of how this actually impacts a community. In uh, Korea, they were highlighted by PBS News, and I didn't know this. I saw this two weeks ago. Korea had an outbreak of the coronavirus, and they found out they were contained right away. As of yesterday, only 262 people have died in South Korea from the coronavirus. So, well, Koreans have less people than America. Well, let me bring it to equal measure. Compared to the United States, for every million people, Koreans, only five Koreans died. In America, for every million people, 271 people have died. Drastic difference. And Korea is more densely populated. So now Korea is also exporting tests for COVID-19 to other nations that need it. And icing on the cake, they're going to go ahead with their elections. How did Asia, how did Korea do this? Well, we have a little head start. Asian communities are rooted in the we and the community is more important than the me. It's a Confucius thought that even when you get married, you don't get married because you, Joey loves Sally. They look at the families and they, they, they come together. And so in Asian society, the benefit of the whole far outweighs the individual's rights and preferences. That's an Asian value. So here's how it looks. A young man, can you imagine this in America? Young man was interviewed, and this is what he said, quote unquote, when it comes to national emergencies, it would be no problem for me to sacrifice my privacy. Um, by the way, privacy meaning they were willing to let the government tracked their iPhone, their location, check in twice a day where they are, where they walked. He's saying, I would be willing to sacrifice my privacy if the measures ensure our safety. Again, the, the we is more important than the me. And companies who disaffect go around neighborhoods, they're going to slums and doing it for free because they don't have the money. We're going to eat the cost. We want you to be well. Now, What's great about America is we also have generous people in America. The question is, can you imagine what it would look like if all the Christians in America 
focus on God's glory and the best for the we, not just thinking about the me. And we realize this is exactly what the Bible teaches. Uh, early on, the first Christians, uh, the early writers, this is what Paul writes in Corinthians, I have the right to do anything. Darn right. It's a free country. You say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but look at this. But not everything is constructive. And here we go. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. And as you look at the dynamic of the early church in Acts chapter 4, how did the Christians live who lived receiving this mercy and grace of God? Not individually, not individualistically. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. By the way, this is not communism. Communism is you have no choice. This is a true community that loves one another. And they're saying, I'm not obligated to give this to you. I want to give this to you because when you are doing well, I'm doing well. This community is valuable. The we comes before the me. And so in the gospel-driven love, how does that shape us in how we think about this in pandemic? Can you imagine if politicians and everyone who's in charge angry just took a moment to breathe and say, if I am a child of God through Jesus Christ and what he's done for me, the gospel transforms how I think about my neighbors, even the people across the aisle from me. And it makes us realize I want to put aside egos I want to put on masks. I want to do what is best for everybody, even if it inconveniences me. So putting aside pride, enduring inconveniences for the sake of others, this is a fruit of the gospel living. We put God and others before us, and we find beauty in that. Um, just a side thing. If I'm in a fire with you guys in a burning building, and uh, we're stuck. I'm not going to go, wait a minute, are you a Republican or a Democrat? Because I don't want you to help me if I'm in a fire. I only want just people I like helping me. No, when we're in a fire, we're going to say, I don't care who you are, let's try to push this door open and let's get out of here alive together. And Jesus has saved us from the ultimate fires of our own death. And right now, we're called to live out as a church who have experienced God's mercy to give mercy around us. So, uh, all scripture has this in common. All the loves of God, uh, let me read it for you to see if you hear something in common. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. 1 John three sixteen. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. One more. John fifteen thirteen. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. What did you hear in common in all those verses that talk about God's love? There's a cost. Love always has a cost. And it's willing to pay the price of that cost, even for enemies. This is something you and I can only do when we recognize we were the enemies that God poured love and life into. So hallelujah, we can bless others even when it inconveniences or even risks our own life. And so I want to just wrap up with this. Other religions also have the golden rule. Some of you are saying, wait a minute, I know Buddhists have the golden rule. I know that Judaism has a golden rule. And they all do. 
but there's one huge difference. There's about 10 religions that have the golden rule, but all of them phrase it this way. What you do not want done to you, do not do to others. It's all negative. So don't do to them what you don't want them to do to you. And that's easy to do. I could just sit in my house, watch Netflix for 30 years, and I won't hurt anybody. But what Jesus does is he flips it, makes it positive. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. In other words, Christ makes it impossible for followers to remain passive in love. In other words, if there is injustice and you sit aside and just close your eyes and pretend it doesn't exist, you are failing to love. If there is sickness and, and needs and death and hurting and we huddle ourselves in just our homes and our churches, what Christ is saying is you are not loving. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Jesus sets the bar high and saying the way we do this is reminding ourselves we have been reached out into the mud by God's hand and he pulled us out through Jesus Christ. We can live into that. I want to end with this illustration. Um, this man, uh, this is Sadio Mane. He's a professional soccer player in England, Liverpool. Uh, from, he's originally from Senegal. And the reporter saw him with a broken iPhone, a cracked iPhone screen. This man makes 10.2 million U.S. dollars a year. So they said, uh, Sadio, why don't you go get a new phone? You make $10.2 million a year. And so this is his response, and let me read it quote for quote. Why would I want 10 Ferraris, 20 diamond watches, or two jet planes? What would that do for the world? I starved. I worked in the fields. I played barefoot, and I didn't even go to school. Now I can help people. I prefer to build schools and give poor people food and clothing. I have built schools and a stadium. We provide clothes, shoes, and food for people in extreme poverty. In addition, I give 70 euros per month to all people from a very poor Senegalese region in order to contribute to their family economy. I do not need to display luxury cars, luxury homes, trips, and even planes. And get this. Here it is. Here's the golden rule. I prefer that my people receive a little of what life has given me. The power of just grace and mercy and getting things that are just beyond our imagination. The goodness of God. The, these things transform us into being the outpourers of the love of Jesus Christ, even to our enemies. Right now, this is an opportunity. Church, this is the moment that God has engaged us, saved us, set you up to say, go be a blessing. We could huddle in fear. We could say, I don't know, everything's lost. But because we know the living God, because his outstretched arms hold us and will never let you and me go, through his mercy, we can give mercy. Through his eyes and his love, we can give love. What would it look like if our leaders thought like that? What would it look like in your world, your family, 
your neighbors. This is the calling of God. Lastly, somebody would say, what about the businesses that are losing and closing down? What about the economic plan and, and all these things? That's next week's sermon. Hope you come back to that. Pray with me. Lord, we are just in awe of you. We thank you for the cross of Jesus Christ, that that's where we get perspective and, and, and power of love and mercy. God, remind us that this life is not about us. It's about you. And we bless you by blessing the neighbors around us the way we want to be blessed. God, give us trust that as we pour and give and give and give, that we will not be bankrupt. As I believe Mother Teresa said, no one has ever become poor by giving. God, may we be richly generous with all that you've given in our lives because you have given all of yourself for us. It is in your son's name we pray. Amen.